Hello, and welcome back to Now Screaming, episode 31. I'm Evan Culbertson. And I'm Liz Smart. And we're watching all the horror movies currently streaming on Netflix. So you don't have to. This week we're talking about the 2009 horror movie, The Unborn. Yes. It was just as weird as I was expecting. Not the abortion parable you were expecting. No, but still like creepy baby fetuses stuff. Yeah. So almost just as bad. Yeah. Like it wasn't like anti-abortion, although we'll get into that. It doesn't have good things to say about no, women. But... No, Um But it, it was disturbing in its own right. Yeah. This movie was written and directed by David S. Goyer, who I monologued about a bit last week, but he's directed some unremarkable films. Uh, four of them, I think. This was his last one in 2009 <laughs> that he directed. However, he wrote such classics as Ghost Rider 2 and Man of Steel and Batman v Superman oh, colon Dawn of Justice. and movies of their time. And Batman Begins and the Blade movies. Um... He created the Demonic Toys horror franchise that no one's ever heard of, except for, I mean, I guess people like us. <laughs> um, but yeah, he has not made a movie since this, which is crazy because he is, like, really plugged into the DC Cinematic Universe. And, yeah, he's writing a lot. He's just not directing anything. And he's a mover and shaker. Apparently, he might direct the Green Lantern movie coming out in, like, 2020 or something. Okay. I won't be on the lookout for that one. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah. So, yeah, that's who, that's who we're dealing with. His... And your favorite... Oh, Platinum Dunes movie. This is a Platinum Dunes it, feature. Like, I feel like I knew that when I looked it up last week, and then I forgot until I was sitting down to watch the movie, and then I saw it come up, mm -hmm. and I just, my heart was just thrilled for you. So if you didn't hear me rant at length, angrily... During, during episode four? The Amity Horror. Horror. Mm -hmm. I talked about how much I hate Michael Bay's production company, Platinum Dunes. Go listen to that if you want to hear me get really incensed, but point being, Michael Bay helped pay for this movie, uh, and it's pretty much exactly what I'm talking about when yeah. I'm talking about <laughs> Platinum Dudes movies. It sure is. It is uh, a pretty apparent cash grab with not a lot of substance, substance or yeah. even, like, effort put into this. Um, yeah. It feels really phoned in. Yeah. I don't, I, I, I'm always curious about, did you look up the budget or anything for this movie? Oh, oh, yes. the special effects are horrific. They are, they're just, they're really bad. Like, actually, like more bad than what you'd expect for like a company with so much money mm -hmm. um they're they're just awful they're ugh, i can't even i'm so glad you asked about the budget <laughs> because as i mentioned david s Goyer has not directed a film since then uh this movie costs about 16 million to make um it made that back its first weekend and went on to gross worldwide about uh what? 75 million dollars so this movie turned a crazy profit for platinum dunes why people saw this movie oh a lot of people saw this movie apparently i've never i mean it was also it was also cheap to make i've never heard of it i've never heard of it either it's actually so weird because this is actually the kind of movie that i probably would have gone and seen in I mean, 2009 we were like, just talking about the invasion which is the same thing where right. it's obviously more high profile but this is the era in which we were going out and seeing right of course you know. i was in high this was like my final year in high school and i would have been like my friends and i went and saw all those stupid horror movies and i'm so surprised this one slipped through the cracks especially because it has big name people it in does it. no it is it is crazy to me that this again it made back its budget on its first weekend and it didn't even i mean it made like 20 million this first weekend uh, and it was in like third place Sort of a different era, I guess. You know, more people are going to movies. At the same time, in my research for this, I found out that uh, David S. Goyer wanted to make a sequel. That never happened. Ooh. It seems surprising to me that that wouldn't have gotten funded, given how much money this made. Yeah. You know, when we see things like, obviously on a on a different scale, like the the James Wan movies that are turning such profits, and all these other indie horror movies now that are just becoming you know smash Huge, sensations yeah. and making so much money with little budgets. Mm -hmm. The fact that this didn't lead to I guess more in this vein from David S. Goyer. But yeah. again, if DC comes comes calling, maybe that's You'll the, leave the horror the avenue yeah, to go franchise. For. But uh, no, I'm surprised, especially because it sets itself up for a sequel so readily. Yeah, yeah. it's like, please make me a sequel. <laughs> so we should let's talk about this movie. Yeah, let's go through the plot again. Don't watch it if you haven't. No, I wouldn't recommend it. It's short, but it's not worth your time. No, I I did think it was a little spooky. It it just did things that were specifically spooky, like to me. I think there's a lot of mirrors. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of like noises in the night, and creepy children, and that kind. That stuff kind of you know, 
it does freak me out, but it's 100% not worth it. I'm just saying, don't worry about spoilers. No. If you're listening to this, just be along for the ride. Breeze on through. So this movie is uh, set in Chicago. It opens up with a, a shot of Chicago. Yeah. It was also filmed in Chicago and Mundelein and Lake Forest. That's cool. That's where we live, by the way, listeners. We live in Chicago. I don't know if we've heard... We've talked about that before, I'm sure. I believe so. Okay. We live in Chicago. But in, case, <laughs> in case you wonder why we care. Um, our protagonist is Casey. She's a college student. Mm-hmm. It opens up with a dream sequence. Right. It doesn't start out seeming like a dream sequence, but I don't really care about preserving this movie's twists. No. She's jogging along... It looks like a suburban forest area. Forest area, yeah, like a park. She sees a blue mitten. In the road? Yeah, yeah. She Then she sees a child with one blue mitten, and it's clearly his blue mitten that's lying in the road. Then a dog wearing, like, a paper mache mask of, of a, a person, person, or a child. She follows the dog into the woods. Uh, the mask is lying on the ground, and it is, like, tied to something, so she's, like, rifling through the leaves. The mask is, like, it has, like, blue ribbons. Is like, what it's on the mask and it's tied to like a glass that has a fetus in it and then the fetus opens its eyes its eyes are like really bright blue and then it doesn't cut to her waking up the way that you would expect it cuts to like a house and there's like snow on the ground and then Casey is on the couch and she's like so what do you think my dream meant I was like please that was my first moment in this movie that I was like just because you know what the kid in the road the dog wearing the paper mache mask, like those are things that I could have been like. It's hokey, but you know what? You can still give it a chance. Yeah, absolutely. I think a dog wearing a mask actually, person is not hokey. I think that's actually saying, pretty spooky. I think that's one of the better shots in the movie is the dog wearing this mask because it looks so unnatural. Yeah, and so and you can't see it's a mask until you get closer to it. You're like, what is what? What's on that dog's face? It's very weird. It, it's inspired. It's like one of the few things in this movie that feels really. Like, they had a good vision for how to execute this, yeah. and it worked. Yeah. And then she, then it's just that horrible first line of the movie is like, what, what does it mean when I have a dream about a fetus? Like, it just, it was so unnatural. And of course, she's on her phone with her friend, and her friend, Romy, doesn't matter, is, like, looking through her, like, dream diary book. So she calls up her friend while she's babysitting, mind you, and yeah, is like, hey, let's, let's analyze my dream. What do dogs mean? What do I, fetuses and I was, mean? I was like, did she just have this dream, or was it like... It must have been the night before. It was the night before, and then she went through the whole day and was like, okay, I'm done babysitting. Time to, like, get into this dream that I just had. She's not done babysitting. She's, like, on the job. Well, but she's done, like, with the children. Like, there's a feeling when you stop babysitting when you're like, it's time to relax now. Except she hears something on the baby monitor. Oh. This uh, part actually... I'm gonna be real. This mo- I told you, this movie did kind of scare me. What he he- What she hears through the baby monitor is look in the mirror... Some people are doorways. Some people are doorways. And I'm telling you, there is something... You never babysat, did you? No. I babysat a lot. I had this thought while I was watching this movie. There genuinely is nothing more terrifying than babysitting. Like, it is the worst thing in the world. I can't believe I did it for as long as I did. But the feeling when the kids are asleep and you are alone and you're 15... It is it is the worst thing in the world. Worth noting, she's not fifteen. She's not fifteen. She's older, so you know. I'm actually I'm actually disappointed that there isn't more babysitting because it does work so well as a device in horror movies. It genuinely does scare me. Like when you hear the noise upstairs and she's she's walking up the stairs. It is so creepy and like I genuinely do feel that fear. I wish there was more of that. I think it's a bit ruined by some people are doorways being the hook. But uh, we can discuss. We not can discuss a, not at the time. Not I, well, I don't think it ruined it for me at the time. Looking back, yes, but not at the time. She goes and checks out what's going on. There's a kid, a toddler, holding up a mirror to a baby, a baby's crib, saying, keep looking. Casey's like, what the fuck are you doing? Turns him around. He says, Jumpy wants to be born now and slashes her face with the mirror. Yeah. Next, we see like her. She's fine. Uh, the parents, the parents have are like, come home. Get your eye checked out. Yeah, or whatever. Um, and then this is the little kid from the middle, which I thought was an, an interesting casting choice. I don't know what that is. You know what the middle is? It's a TV show. I know it's a television show. He, is it a good one? It's fine. Um, he has like a genetic disorder, which I always think is really interesting. Like casting actors or children with genetic disorders to play like creepy children. That seems questionable. I don't know. It's just it's like when he when he when he popped up because in the in the in the middle it's like handled. It's like they talk about it. Oh. And he's specifically like, 
supposed to be like a child with a disability. Um, this, it being like using it to make him creepier, I, I felt conflicted about. I wasn't a huge fan. Also because we never see this child be normal. This will come up later, but like we never see this child act ever like a child. Mm-hmm. He only seems to be a vessel for evil. We will discuss why that makes no sense later. Yeah. So I want to sort of speed past the next chunk of the movie and we could revisit it. But it's just exposition for her. It's well, like she, she has starts, friends and a boyfriend and yeah. a dad. She starts seeing weird things. Um, like there's a bug in her like egg she's cracking in the morning. In class, she sees Jumby wants to be born now all over mm-hmm. everything. Also, her uh, left eye is changing color. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's becoming blue. Oh, and her mother is dead. This is set up. It, it's her not, mother died long before. It's That's not, not huge, like... uh, but like it's it's the w- classic horror movie way of doing it, which is that we're in her bedroom with her, and um, there's a picture of her and her mother. And horror movies would have you believe that you never have a picture of you and your mother in your bedroom unless she's dead. Um, which is fair, but like that's you know we get set up. Doesn't like, she explain it to the boyfriend or something? No, who does she talk to? I don't remember. She ta- yeah, you're right. She talks. She, she gives some expository thing about how her mother uh, was in the hospital and then killed herself. Yeah, but it's very ham handed and only exists so that they can build on it later. Mm-hmm. Also ham handedly, her left eye is changing color. I mentioned this because it's a she's really freaked out by it. But as I was watching it, I could barely tell. Like I was looking at the actress and I didn't really see. More towards the end. Sure, when, I mean it builds. You, you but she like, goes to the doctor. She's like, "What the what the hell's happening?" Well, yeah, because if you she has eye trauma, like it was like you know the little kid like hit her in the face. Yeah. So if you got hit in the face, and then you looked in the mirror, and you you know one of your eye colors was slowly, especially going from brown to blue, that's such a stark difference. Um, so she goes to the doctor, and the doctor is worried that maybe like. It could just be natural, it, it, sure. it could be congenital, or it could be, like, a tumor, so they have to, like, check it out. Yeah. So she gets it checked out, then she does more things with her life. Don't care, don't Goes talk to about it. Goes to a club, it. blah, blah, blah. More things happen to her, she keeps seeing weird things. Um, I don't want to describe all the encounters. Mm-mm. She goes back to the doctor, and the doctor's like, this is probably genetic mosaicism? Um, there's another term, tetragametic chimericism? I don't know. I don't so what you care. looked up, or is that from? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's something about it's more genetic stuff that's over my head that we don't need to get into. Yeah, because this is what I don't understand. But is it has it's to do with like with twins. With twins, and so the doctor's like, "Do you have a twin?" And she's like, "Nah." But of course, we already know as viewers that obviously she does there and doesn't know about it. To, yeah, yeah. Unfold. Um, I don't understand that. Is it saying that you would like get the same eye color as your twin, even like? I don't understand. Like I just, I, I don't, do not understand the science. I don't understand of it. the science of it. I don't at all. know. It makes no sense to me. I think it's more the kind of thing where, like, the tests they did indicate that she like might have a twin, not that the eye color is. I'm making a bad job of explaining it, but the, I think the eye color changing thing. I is hear no. I hear what you're saying. It's it's the it's the test. Symptomatic. They did. Yeah. It's the pictures of her eyes. I was thinking it was something like it would make sense because there's people who like eat their twins in the womb, you know. Yeah, but that's not. No, that's not. That's not this. But I was wondering if that was somehow if it was like you share this womb with somebody. I mean, it was it was her brother. So like, there's a there would well, be we don't know be, that yet. Well, yeah, but they'd be fraternal twins. So I, I even more to understand how this works. I don't know. I honestly, it doesn't matter. It's fake pseudoscience. Not to cut you off, but I yeah. don't really want to talk about the science of this it's movie. Fine. It's really silly. I think the twins thing is interesting, but uh, we'll she get, goes we'll get to more into it. she goes to see her dad. The dialogue is: Am I a twin dad? Yes. It's very silly. Yeah. Um, and goes to explain that uh, he was strangled by... By her umbilical cord. By the umbilical cord. Died in birth. It happens. I wasn't um, sure whether he had died, like... Or whether they hadn't, like, in... Because the way he said it, it was like... It, it would happened in the middle of the pregnancy, but, like... I don't know how they'd even know that until... The end. Or they would know it, but it would be a completely different... I don't, I don't, I don't know. It was just... There wasn't enough detail. No, it wasn't no, satisfying no. enough it's for me. It's super lazy. I don't know. She's starting to figure it out. Oh, I know only because I wrote down the line, is it possible to be haunted by someone who wasn't even born? Which is a strange fucking question to ask, but that's what she thinks is going on. Yeah. I will be completely honest. I don't know if it's worth answering, but I don't know how or why she ends up she's talking look- to the next character. She's looking um, in the basement. She's looking, she's like... 
she's looking through photo albums. I think she's just trying to find pictures of her mom mm-hmm. um, for whatever reason. I can't think just to, because she's now feeling like, oh, I was had another you know, sibling and like, I want to go back and look at these pictures of my mom when she was pregnant and like, think about that. And there's a picture missing from the photo album and she finds it in another box wrapped in an article about a Holocaust survivor. Yeah. And in the picture, her mother is standing looking in the mirror, um, like looking at her pregnant belly and the little boy who she's been seeing everywhere, um, who has really bright blue eyes, uh, is in the picture, like in the mirror. So she's like, okay, my mom had this picture and this article and like, what did she do with that information? And the answer was this Holocaust survivor who is now in a nursing home. So she goes to find her. Her name's Sophie, mm-hmm. played by Jane Alexander, multiple Tony and uh, yeah. Emmy winning actress, <laughs> slumming it in this movie. One like of ev- several. Like everybody is. Oh, well, we'll get there. Yeah. Um, oh, and. Uh, well, you know, oh, did Annabelle is, she's the lead and she's going to be in Supergirl. She's like still doing stuff. Who? Odette Annabelle plays Casey. Oh, from uh, Cloverfield. She is from Cloverfield. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beth from Cloverfield. And now she's in Supergirl. I didn't know she was in Supergirl. I only know because of the recent Supergirl drama. Also, her mother's played by... We only see her in flashbacks, but it's Carla Gugino. From Spy Kids. Yeah. Yeah. I Um, looked it up because I was like, who is that lady? uh, Anyway, she goes to see Sophie, who, let's just get it out there, is her grandmother. (laughs) Doesn't find this out right away, but you know. Yeah. Uh, well, they, they know that one of the reasons her mom killed herself is that she met her biological mother, um, like, right before she died. So it was, it was somehow the trauma of, like, the baby she lost, plus she was adopted, and now she met her biological mother, and there's, like, stuff going on because of that. Now it's time to back up the exposition truck, because Sophie exists to just tell a long story and just give us way more information than is even reasonable. Yeah. For this character to exist in this movie makes no sense. Because what's what, what happens in between their first and second meeting? Where does she go? I don't know or care. Well, I was wondering, like... You're really trying to break this down. No, I'm just trying to remember what the... What the like... If I'm being completely honest, this movie doesn't have a lot of plot. It, it, it breaks apart its scenes with, like, her having a scary encounter. Yeah, I'm wondering if it was just when she, like, goes home and, like... Is when she like has sex with her boyfriend, and then Maybe. they, and then she sees the little boy like cr- crammed into the medicine the, cabinet, yeah. which I hated that so much. It might be. Anyway, uh, Sophie calls her and is like, "I lied to you. I do know who you are. Come see me, and I'll give you more information." So, I want to circle back to this, but the point is, the her Nazis. mother. It's her grandmother. Her mother killed herself. Was persuaded to kill herself by a dibbic. The Dybbuk persuaded her to kill herself? Yes. That's what they say. To what end? I don't know. Or, like, maybe... I don't know. We are Convinced really her. zooming, by the way. We didn't even talk about, like, it's a Dybbuk. Well, that's what I'm saying. No, that's when she finds out. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The information, it's a Dybbuk, is your mother was killed by a Dybbuk. Or was, like, killed herself because of They don't talk the about Dybbuk. the Nazi stuff first? Nope, nope, nope. Okay. Really? Yes. Okay. So... A Dybbuk is the, quote, soul of a dead person barred from entering heaven in search of a new body... I don't. I think this. That's part of. That's part of like this whole thing is so clumsy because then, like, she transitions into talking about yeah. herself. Rewind even more back to the World Holocaust. War II. Yeah, because quote the Nazis believe that twins could unravel the mysteries of genetics. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like she was a twin. That's the whole thing. Is like yeah. she was a twin. Sophie was a twin. Twin brother. I don't want to talk about this. It's bad. Uh, he died. He died because of Nazi. Well, she killed him. That's essentially too. The Nazis killed him. He came back to life as a Dybbuk. And then Sophie, Sophie was like, that's not my brother. And she killed him. And now the the Dybbuk is haunting the family. Another quote for Grandma Sophie. What is a twin but another kind of mirror? And mirrors have always been doorways to the other world. I don't hate that. I'm going to be I'm gonna be real. I think that's interesting. I think that that's like a... Because it's true that mirrors are like such a... Uh, um, supernatural thing and that like spirits can come through them and that's why it's you know so important and like um, when someone dies you keep all the mirrors covered in your house so that people won't like the souls won't be tempted to come back in them and like that, I think that's so interesting that like they, they remove all the mirrors from their house but they can't remove themselves and the that they are The phrasing of what is a twin but another kind of mirror is absurd. Yeah, I guess. It's just the concept that I found interesting. Sure. And there's better execution somewhere. It's not this. Well, this this movie has absolutely garbage execution, but I think that there's, there's there are, like we talked about, there's clearly little, like, nuggets of things they could have turned into more interesting elements. Just to move pretty quickly through this, and we can loop back, 
Grandma sends her to a rabbi. Rabbi is played by Gary Oldman. Rabbi says... No, and then yes. Grandma gets killed by crab-walking old man mm-hmm. thing. Leaves Casey a note that's like, it's up to you to finish what started in Auschwitz. Yeah. Um, the blood is on our family's hands now or whatever. Gary Oldman... At this point, Gary Oldman says yes. They assemble their little team to... The team includes... Do an exorcism. Well, they gotta do an exorcism, but Gary Oldman doesn't know how to do exorcisms, so he calls up Idris Elba, who knows how to do exorcisms. He's an Episcopalian? He's an Episcopalian priest. priest. Who used to, like, do exorcisms, or studied exorcisms in college. As his, like, thesis. Um, And there's, like, a semi-interesting theological aspect to this that I 100% want to come back to. Me too. I like this a lot. But they assemble their team, they do the exorcism... The Dybbuk shows up and fucks shit up. He's in search of a body, so... He's bopping back and forth yeah. between, like, the little boy, and then Idris Elba, and then Gary Oldman, and then the boyfriend, and then everybody. Yeah. The boyfriend ends up dying. Um, he does die. Yeah. It's weird. The Dybbuk gets exercised, and then we find out that Casey's pregnant with twins, and that's why this was fucking <sighs> happening the whole time, is because she's pregnant with twins. It's always happening the entire time? Yeah. Oh, we, oh yeah, yes, yes, yes. No, I remember why this. Because I got really annoyed the whole movie... Because there's no inciting incident for this movie at all. Like, there's zero. It just, it starts. It fucking, yep. like, it's her dream. She sees a little boy, upside down face dog, whatever, the whole thing. The reason is because she's pregnant. Right. And so then there's a point, right, where she's like, why now? To, to Sophie. And Sophie's like, I don't know. It takes a long time for Dybbuk to, like, find their way through. The family. The family. And, and, and find their way from, like, wherever they are to this world. So, like, that's what you might say. I, I was so dissatisfied with that answer i was like mm-hmm. no that's idiotic it doesn't just take a long time that's stupid and then of course the end being that she's pregnant and that the dybbuk is trying to like get into one of her babies it, it's even worse i was like i prefer that if it was just like oh dybbuks are just slow and they just take a long time to get here because the idea that she like i mean i guess people sometimes when they get pregnant they just like want to have the baby and i get it and i want to like judge a person for not having an abortion. But if your boyfriend dies and your best friend dies because of this Dybbuk, like, in your life, killing everybody around you and, like, dead set on possessing a person, and then you're like, oh, my God, I'm pregnant with twins. What in my life could have just happened to maybe maybe think that, like, this isn't a good idea? And she still, like, goes to the doctor and she's, like, so happy to be having twins? Like, that made... It took any... She's not a very strong character to begin with, but it no. took any potential her character could have had to be interesting and just ruined it. And it just, it makes no sense at all. It's because his writing is so weak. None of the characters have identities whatsoever. It's, no. It's very... You know who does? Idris Elba. Just because sure. they meet him when he's, like, coaching a basketball team, and then we know what he did in college... And he's suddenly this really interesting person. And I was like, why does nobody else have depth at he's all? He's in the movie for like 15 minutes. I had forgotten that Idris Elba was going to be in this. And then he showed up. And I was like, wait, what? Why, yeah. why now? But he's 100% cute from the, his first moment to his last. And I think that he was one of the most fleshed out characters. And maybe it's just because they wanted to put it all in there in 15 minutes. I guess. Like, we don't know what Casey's majoring in in college. But we know what Idris Elba majored in in college. Like, doesn't that seem weird yep, that we, it, like, no, have right. more information about him than her or any anybody else? Yeah. I guess Romy has, like, Romy is her friend, and she's got the tiniest little bit of interesting sense to her because she's really superstitious. So she talks about a lot of different superstitions that I guess her grandmother told her. Yeah. One of which being that, like, you can't shine a mirror. Uh, you can't show a baby its reflection for the first year of its life. It's like a bad omen that it will die. And we didn't talk about this, but the baby who she was babysitting does die um, right after the whole scene with the mirror. And then there's something that her Romy tells her is like, put a, put scissors under your pillow with the points open. And that will like protect you from spirits. It doesn't work. Cause I think idea. that don't night that. she has a bad dream. But like... Also, don't do that. Right. It's unsafe. But like, it just... I thought she was interesting, and I wish that there was also more done with that. I agree. She's responsible for my, probably my favorite moment of this movie, which is that um, this weird shit's been going on. Romy's driving to Casey's house, uh, gets distracted because she hits the demon kid in the road, um, hits him with the keys on his tricycle or whatever, and gets out of the car and is like, oh my god, are you okay? Sees that it's the demon kid. 
But uh, he says something to her. He says something like, "You can't, you can't help her or something." Yeah, you'll or, die. Like she doesn't want your help or something like that. Yeah. And she says, and I quote, "Fuck off, you little shit." Yeah. And then leaves. <laughs> she like turns on a dime of she's like, "Oh my god, are you okay?" And he's like, "You're gonna die." And she's like, "Oh my god, fuck off." It's incredible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the fact that she's she like. The, to have the self-awareness to be like, oh, this is the shit that's going on. This is annoying. I don't want to deal with this. No. And to, like, move on, like, not get shaken by it, but just be like, fuck this. Well, because I don't, I actually don't know if she realized that it was a demon. I thought she just, like, didn't want this fucking little kid to be saying shit to her. No, she knew. Because that's the first thing she says when she gets to um, Casey's house. I just hit that creepy little kid? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but she doesn't suggest that he's, like, a demon creepy. He could just be creepy creepy. They kind of know what's going on at this point. Uh, Romy doesn't believe her until like a very specific point. Sure, but Casey has told her this is. I just I disagree. I don't think Casey. I think that Romy uh, is just that kind of person who'd be like who'd say fuck off to a kid who pissed her off, not necessarily a demon child. All right, so let's loop back to some of the stuff that is interesting in this movie. I'd like to start with what I think is like a really lazy and contrived uh, Auschwitz thing being shoved in here, mm-hmm. um, and it connects to the. Jewish aspect of this that I don't talk about, but it taking the like real horrors of Nazi human experimentation that have been mm-hmm. used for so many things over the years of like all kinds of horror like movies devices and, yeah, yeah. yeah um and like making it I don't know, I just think I think it's really shoehorned because the point here is this legend about the Dybbuk and about twins. That's the core of the backstory here. Mm-hmm. Adding in the Holocaust is completely unnecessary. You, the the twin could have died any other way. It does not have to be it, connected no, to. No, she has to kill him. It, uh, you're right, but it doesn't have, it doesn't to, be, have to be. I know you're right. Auschwitz. I wanted to just say that it, he can't just die. The point is, is that she killed him. That's why he couldn't get into heaven. Sure, but there's a million uh, vengeful spirit plots that have been done that achieve the exact same goal without shoehorning in concentration camps. Mm-hmm. It, it felt super lazy to me. I don't want to. I don't want to go so far as to say offensive because I don't think that's my place. Um, but it felt really shitty to me. David S. Goyer is Jewish. Worth noting, he did write direct this. Yeah, it is important. I don't know. I think it's really shitty, especially because it's delivered as exposition. It serves no purpose other than Sophie's going to monologue for t- uh, ten minutes now about all the stuff that's happening. Yeah, uh, it's complete tell don't show, and then to throw Auschwitz into your tell don't show is. I feel so... complicated about it. I think that like. I don't want it to sound like I'm like, yeah, totally use Nazis as like a device because I don't think that's true. Like, I think that you're totally right about um, uh, it being slightly offensive and shoehorned. Yeah. But I think that it's it's a natural progression because it's present in more places than just, uh, oh, let's flash back to my time in Auschwitz. Um, it's It's a very useful way for her to discover this woman. Is that she's like in this in the newspaper as a Holocaust survivor, and it I and I think I don't I don't know if I don't know if I'm being like too glib with this, but I do think it's interesting that like the experiments they were trying to do were to turn brown eyes to blue. That's why there's this whole thing about like um, the Dybbuk having like these bright blue eyes mm-hmm. and Casey's eye changing from brown to blue, and that that is obviously specifically so like. About Aryan, Aryan yeah, yeah, like that they're that they were trying to turn these children into more of like the master race. I I don't think that's like great. It's it's so yeah. Cheap. Maybe it shouldn't be at a Holocaust. Like it shouldn't be in Auschwitz. It should have been a different situation. I agree with you that this this imagery and this metaphor of the changing of eyes to blue has at its core something really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. This movie doesn't do anything with it other than say this horrible thing happened in the Holocaust. And then sort of, like, right. leaves it. Yeah. If it was actually... If there was actually something more, like, ethnically tied about it. If it was actually about Jewish heritage versus... The Nazis trying to turn them into... Exactly. Something. Then, yeah. like, maybe there, there's, there's like, a gem of something there. Absolutely. Instead, I... it feels like, how do, we, how do we ramp up the drama here? Well, yeah, and I think that's what I was going to say, is that it toes the line between, like, what you were saying, which is lazy, and I was going to say it's convenient. It's like a convenient plot for them to use. Is like, I think I I don't think it started with Nazis. I think it probably started with the Jewish mysticism, and then it was like, oh, how can we find our way back to this plot? Oh, I know, Nazis and the Holocaust. It is convenient. And again, even if I will accept Sophie being a Holocaust survivor, because plenty of uh, people of that age, who especially who are immigrants, 
ended up escaping the Holocaust in one form or another. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not as convenient as uh, escaping the most famous concentration camp. Um, right. It could have been anything else, like any other situation. Be, yeah. yeah. Um, but that can be backstory. That can be that can still be the hook of how Casey finds Sophie is this Holocaust survivor who's also her grandmother. And Especially again, this is this is clearly her connection to her Jewishness, the, right? Like yeah, she didn't Jewishness. know that she had any. She didn't know that she was Jewish, and this is her discovery yeah. of it. And the Jewishness aspect of this, like, will still be there without the origin of evil being yes. in the fucking concentration yes, camps. I agree. Like these things, I guess, like these things could be parallel, and it doesn't. It it would probably be better, even if it wasn't handled well, for them to be in parallel and not literally the same point. Like I'm saying, and I'm probably talking about this too much. I think it really cheapens it, and it's really frustrating. Mm-hmm. I agree. I just think that like they had something. I think that it wasn't. It wasn't like. Um, useless especially knowing that uh david escort is jewish mm-hmm. i feel like it like he clearly was trying to access something for himself from his own heritage um so it's something that, like it obviously was not done well and it's not the, the the loops are not closed like it doesn't it doesn't really come together i think the way that he probably wanted it to um it feels so loose and and shoehorned you're right to use this to transition to the part i want to talk about which is my the part of the movie that I'm most interested in. Um, for me, the Jewish mysticism, the Jewish identity aspect of this movie and about this mythology feels very much like it's sitting on top of the structure of this movie. What I would love is for it to be much more ingrained in the core of this and Definitely. for it to explore it more. Mm-hmm. What it is, it ends up being like just a, a pieces of plot dressing that are not done justice and leave me wanting so much more. Because this idea of the Dybbuk is super interesting to me. Yeah. And tying it into Kabbalah and what we're going to talk about next, I think is like super, super interesting. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think that um, Jewish mysticism is underutilized in horror movies. Um, we, we, I think we talked about this before. We've mostly talked, we mostly see like uh, Christian horror movies mm-hmm. and uh, exorcisms and things like that. I think I've only seen one other Jewish horror movie, and it is The Possession the with Possession, Jeffrey Dean yep. Morgan. Yep. Uh, I love that movie for the exact same reason, which is that, like... It's also about a Dybbuk. It's also about a Dybbuk, and he goes and sees a rabbi, and there's this whole aspect of, like... I just think that it's so much more interesting than Christian mythology, because Jewish Jewish mysticism and the Jewish religion has so many more, like, open-ended um, questions about, yeah. like the afterlife and hell and heaven and all those different things um it 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 leaves you so much room in horror and in anything and in, in all kinds of um of art to like really explore mm-hmm. um whereas most christian mythology movies we see are very rote i agree and just to, just let's get a little background in here um dibbics are a real thing in Jewish the Hebrew, Hebrew tradition yeah. um I believe what I read is, like, they're more recent than Old Testament. It's more mm-hmm. like the um, Middle Ages kind yeah. of stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, and has been, you know, Dybbuk stories have been attributed to all kinds of other different psychological or mystical factors. Um, they haunt wine boxes. That's what a Dybbuk box is. What? They're supposed to haunt wine boxes. And that's where, like, their souls are trapped. Is that what's, that's in, what's is that in the possession? possession as a wine box? Yeah. Oh, I love that movie. Uh, Dybbuk comes from a Hebrew word meaning to to stick to something or to cling or adhere. That's so there interesting. a bunch of different translations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, which, again, I, I find this super interesting, the idea of, like, someone, like, looking for a body or a, a spirit looking for a body because it, can't, to, it yeah. can't pass on to whatever afterlife. Mm-hmm. The, like, pop culture idea of a Dybbuk was popularized by a play um, by S. Ansky, in 1914, which, like, brought... What is the play? It's called The Dybbuk or something, something. And that, like, brought it back into, like... The thing I was reading about was about, like, uh, the history of Yiddish theater and, like, stuff like that, that, like, people started talking about this again... That is so cool. ...in the 20th century. And then, again, it, it's been used a few times, but I agree with you, definitely not enough. Another... Again, I know that I'm using this as, like, a... I feel like I'm complaining a lot, but... The frustration I have, again, with this Jewish identity aspect is that Casey is not a, a believer because um, she just found out she was Jewish. Uh, and any religious at all. It's not like she's like, oh, I was right. so, super Christian and I'm Jewish. And Gary Oldman's point, even when they when he doesn't even believe her, is saying, like, you have to believe in this for an exorcism to work. Like, you, if you don't have faith in the rite being performed... There's, mm-hmm. there's no point. What other movie is like that? Where you have, to believe, where you have to believe in something so it... And then it becomes real. Peter Pan. Um, <laughs> a horror movie. 
I'll, I think it's. I I'll think, it's think a trope. about it. There's some, there's one I'm specifically thinking of. So one that ends up happening, as we talked about, is once Gary Oldman is like, "You're right. There's something crazy going on." Which, by the way, he it's because he sees a dog with its head twisted upside, upside down. Upside down head dog. Terrible CGI. But he sees that and he's like, "Get out of here!" All right, I'm gonna help you. Um, it's the weirdest thing. It's like a, it's like a twister, and then the dog is on a, like a stage, in like a theater, and then like the dog just turns around and leaves because he yells at it. It's not good, uh, but that's what makes him a believer, I guess. So he goes to Idris Elba, who's an Episcopal priest again, because of the you know he doesn't know how to do exorcisms, and Idris Elba does, and mm-hmm. they're friends or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and Casey brings this up. She says, well, you told me that I have to believe and I don't believe. Also, why are we having a, a Christian This is a Jewish demon. Like, why is this happening? And the explanation is that Dybbuk's are older than organized religion. So... He says a line that's like, um, it's not like it's going to be repelled specifically by Jewish prayer. It's about like combining the right situation to repel the demon back to where it came from. I yeah. think that was so interesting. Also, the like somewhat shoehorned that like her mom and grandmother were religious and therefore or just that her mother believed not not necessarily religious but that her mother believed what was happening to her was real well casey believes that it's real that's not that's not the problem at all the problem is the like the belief in like judaism yeah i don't her mother would have had to convert in like a day i don't think her mother was jewish either she only found out she was jewish when she met her mother met her birth mother which was the day before she died that makes this line very confusing. I don't know. I think that... it's I think that when he's talking to her in the office, he's saying you don't fully believe in what's happening to you. Which I agree doesn't make any sense because she clearly does. But he's saying you have to like believe in what's happening to you for me to help you. I do think it's specifically about Judaism though, because that's that's what she brings I just up. Don't think that makes any She's sense. not like of the faith. I hear you. Um, I just don't think it makes sense because neither was her mom. Anyway, this is the like bottom out that I hate, which is that it now is no longer about Jewish identity and Jewish mysticism. It's about, like, an ur-religion, because the spirit who predates Abrahamic, like, religions being written down. And that, that feels like such a cop-out. It feels like it's taking away this, like, this movie having an interesting identity of being, like, a Jewish horror movie about a Jewish spirit, um, for better or for worse, being about, like, Jewish people through the years people. being haunted by it. And then being like, actually, it's older than that. It doesn't matter that we have an Episcopal priest coming in to do this. No, I think that's interesting. I think that it added an element that I thought was interesting, which is that, like, this... That uh, monsters were not created by religion. Monsters already existed, and then religions gave names to them. Yeah. Uh, I think that's super interesting, and that, like, it isn't the fact that it's, like, a Jewish demon who listens to Jewish prayers and is therefore repelled by Jewish prayers. It's like... Jewish people and Christian people throughout the ages have found out the words that repel these demons and that they can use a combination of these words and this and Idris Elba having a presence or whatever he has, like whatever he has to organize the, you know, the exorcism. It's about, it's not about the religious aspect. It's about the the history of religion finding ways to repel these demons. You don't think there's anything, like, cheaper about zooming out from Jewish to Abrahamic? No, I don't, because I think the, the whole movie is still about Jewishness and um, about Judaism. And I th- and, the, and the, the, during the exorcism, the prayer that he's reading is in Yiddish. Like, it's not like they're yeah. like, let's zoom out and make this a whole, like, all the I religions. Know. I still feel like it shirks, because it, the, and maybe it's, it's our, it rests on our different interpretations of the, like, it doesn't matter that you don't believe. Mm-hmm. Um... I feel like it shirks some of what it was setting up. You're saying you'd rather have her, like, be, like, embrace how Jewish she now is? No, I would rather it actually be a roadblock to her chasing this. Um, And have Gary Oldman serve a purpose other than finding Idris Elba, neither of whom need to be in this movie. But, like, it ends up being, Gary Oldman's just the link to Idris Elba. Like, who could No, 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 he, no, he reads, he can read the book. Well, he's part of the, like, ceremony, but, like, yeah, I guess... I guess what I want from this is much more, sure, maybe her, like, discovering her Jewishness, so that's, that sounds like it's a lot more than one movie to handle, um, especially, like, this far in that... She finds out she's Jewish. Not yeah. just that, but, like, that shit's going on. She doesn't have time to just, like... Right, she's gonna die. To study Kabbalah. Yeah. Um, I just, I really feel like it backs off by making it, like, a... 
all of mankind and all of spirituality. It's not all mankind or even all of spirituality. It, it's it's the idea that monsters predate organized religion, which I think is interesting. Sure. That, I think that in itself is, is interesting. And I do think that, like, I think it's interesting that it's not like Gary Oldman is just the, like, he's not just the pathway to Idris Elba. Um, he, he's the one who's going to read the words. He is the rabbi. But they need Idris Elba to organize what a... Like, what this is going to look like to get the ten people and to, like, put her on, um... The gurney. The gurney where she's going to be exercised and to film it and to get her consent the way that he he asks her, like, look into the camera and say, this is what you want. Um, those are aspects that he brings to it that aren't even religious. They're just, um... But do you think it needs to have an Episcopal priest in addition to it? No, I only think that adds an interesting element about Christianity being more familiar with exorcisms. Sure, and again, I wish that it could explore that. I wish it could explore the differences between these different tenets of faith and how yes. the the like different traditions of the movie suffers because Idris Elba is only in the last like fifteen twenty yeah. minutes. Like if they'd or if they'd done this like at the beginning and been like, wow, we're going to explore these like. The way that the, the ties between these two religions and also how they're different, et cetera, et cetera, it obviously would have been a much better movie. But I think that the little bits of that are really saying something interesting. I don't. It doesn't bother me. I guess the way that another movie we talked about on this podcast, The Right, wouldn't shut up about talking about like theories. Like the, the whole movie is just talking the theory yes. about like exorcisms and yes. different like schools of exorcism and approaches to it. This could have used, like, a dash of that. Like, just take a little bit out of the right, which is too much, and put a little bit here. <laughs> exactly. And then maybe, like, this could have prevailed. Yeah. At least a little bit. Because, no. you know, it, it couldn't have, because let's, let's be totally honest, the acting in this is terrible, aside from... Idris Elba, Idris Elba and, and Jane Alexander. She's fine. Yeah. Um, I think Gary Oldman's not good. He's okay. He's doing his job. I'm it's, picturing it's a bad him, script. I'm picturing him right now, like, yelling at that demon dog. And it's, it's a bad script. It is a really bad script. The lead... What's her name? Odette Annabelle. I think she's terrible. She is. Her boyfriend, Cam... Gigande? Gigande? Who's in the OC. Um, and, uh... He's terrible. He was just an easy A is what I recognize him from. He's the worst... This is a sidebar, but his character's also the worst. Like, I felt absolutely nothing for him as he, like, you know, was with her and then died because he is genuinely, like, the worst character in this movie by <sighs> yeah. far. He just says the dumbest shit to her that makes me, like, fully angry, and she, like, loves it. It's so obnoxious. She's like, oh, I'm so sorry that I've been, uh, like, so crazy lately. And he's like, a little hormonal, maybe, but not crazy. That, dump him. Dump him right now. No person should ever say that to another person. That's ridiculous. And, of course, then it's like, she was pregnant the whole time. That's why she was hormonal. But, like, r I wanted to strangle him. Yeah. He was so horrible. Oh, and he also uses the R word, which, like... David Esquire, it's 2009, it's time to not use that word anymore, like, it was never appropriate, but I usually forgive things in the early 2000s because it, people were not aware of it. 2009 is yeah. too late. It's yeah. it's way too late. People were very, I mean, like, I was in high school, we were all having drives to have people to stop using that word, like, don't use that word anymore. This is another random little sidebar, uh, but this kind of connects what you were saying about, like, her, um this movie not doing enough to like have her uh, really think about her being Jewish because mm -hmm. this is like a revelation that she has she's a dad he's in the beginning of the movie um, she goes to him to be like did I have a twin he's like on the couch offers her cheesecake when she gets back from babysitting like they have a relationship he's around he vanishes yeah about halfway through this movie and he is not around and she's like breaking all the mirrors in her house and burning them and then burying them in the backyard and she's running around with her boyfriend like where is he where 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 is he because he's the person that she would be talking to about this whole like hey did did you know that i you know am jewish did you know that yeah that my grandmother's <laughs> a holocaust survivor did you know that this is why mom killed herself like did she tell you anything before she killed herself like any of this information that she might have had he is just gone yeah it's really it is bizarre like it i guess they sent him away so that she could have sex with whatever his name is yes which also wait she can't be pregnant the whole time then that wasn't the first time having sex. I know, but that's what they kind of suggested was that like... No, it means they can have sex at her house versus... They show... When they showed her being pregnant at the end, when it was like the realization she has that she's pregnant, 
the shot we see is of her having sex with him that night. Okay, cool. This is that's just a plot hole. That's this is fucking nonsense. Okay, that's that, a, that's a giant plot hole. Okay, yeah. I'm just saying like that. That's not possible. No, further right? to your point okay. that the script is guard. That's yeah, yeah. Okay, just making sure that that's is it is crazy like I thought it was. Just to wrap up, a couple um, behind the scenes stuff. The score of this movie was done by Ramin Javadi, who uh, does the score for Game of Thrones. Oh, damn. And Westworld and a bunch of other stuff. Well, HBO stuff. That's so interesting. Yeah. Uh, he's really oh. good. This score isn't interesting. No, I it's can't not, even it's not think memorable. Of it. Yeah, I can't think of it at all. Um, there's a scene, and we didn't talk about all these like scary things that happened to her because I, I do not want to waste time on them. One of them is that uh, she's at the club, right? And the bugs. Yeah. There's like uh, bugs come out and get all over her. And... Are you talking about the, the, the thing that's written in the yeah. bathroom stall? I was interested in this because I don't know how it relates to this movie at all. But she's in the bathroom stall. She's throwing up. This also relates back to her being pregnant. Um, the bathroom stall has like a hole in it. Yeah. And where the hole is, there's an eye. And over and ab- like above and below the eye, it says, In the kingdom of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. Do you feel like there's... Is, the, is that connected to this movie at no. all? Because I was so interested in it. It's specifically something we're very we're very much supposed to notice. Yeah. Um, there's eye, There's a lot of eye imagery in this movie. Um, but I don't know what that has to do with. Eyes and mirrors yeah. and twins and the eyes changing colors. And there's, there's a lot. And I just was like, why did you do this? Like, is this... Was this a David S. Goyer thing? Was this a set dressing thing? Yeah. Like, who <laughs> made this decision... Because I want to talk to them about why they felt like it was necessary. Or is it just like, ooh, a spooky quote, and it's interesting because it's about eyes. I just, I I want to know so much more about that. <laughs> I wrote it down on the top of my yeah. paper because I'm so interested in it. It's a, it's a great quote. It's a very interesting quote. So during the scene, a bunch of bugs come in, attack her, I guess. Yeah. Something is like, what's clawing out of the wall at her? Is it a giant bug? I don't know. Because there's also a bug that comes out of her boyfriend's mouth. I wasn't paying a lot of attention. I don't like bugs. I know. So. You, were, you probably had your eyes averted, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I was looking at my phone. Bugs are involved somehow, and it doesn't make any sense because they have nothing to do with what this movie is. The bugs were real. They're like 500 potato bugs. Like potato. They, that's I didn't know what kind of bugs they were. They look like giant potato ants. bugs. I hate them. Um, that's horrifying. I feel very sorry for this actress for having to deal with that. That's disgusting. Uh-huh. And the last thing I had is that uh, David Square thought of this. The idea for this movie, when he was on the set of The Dark Knight, and oh my God. he was at dinner with his wife. That was only the year before. This movie got made fast. Yeah. Damn. I mean, I can't imagine it took that long. Yeah. Um, I was at dinner one night with my wife, and I said, hey, you know what would be scary? What? If you did a movie about a girl who has an unborn twin, and she's being haunted by the twin that never got born. And his she wife said, said this? No, that's what he said. Oh, that's what he said. And she said, that's fucked up. Oh, sorry. That's messed up. <laughs> and I said, yeah, and the unborn twin, I don't know why I said this, his nickname should have been Jumby, and somebody will say Jumby wants to be born now. And she said, you should go write that. And so I did. Jumby, like, is so, it's such a stupid name. It, yeah. it, it has nothing to do with this movie. I want to know what her nickname was, actually. I was interested in that. Jump, like, Jumby is not scary. The, the name Jumby isn't scary. No. The fact that David S. Goyer was like, you know what, what if, what if this unborn twin was named Jumby is so stupid. David Esquire is so stupid. <laughs> I don't like him. No. Boo. Yeah, Boo it's, that's Esquire. dumb. It's a weird... Yeah, this movie... As you say that, this movie feels like two movies. Yeah. Because the first part is very much about this Jumby person. Because um, that's what the little kid says is, yeah. Jumby wants to be born now. And then she goes to her... She finds out the whole twin thing. She goes to her dad. It's like, oh, Jumby was the nickname of your brother we had for him while he was in utero. And then he died and we never got to give him a real name. So now it's like, okay, Jumby wants to be born. That is its own movie. Yeah. Just keep that over there, David S. Goyer. Like, you don't need to make it a Jewish mysticism Nazi movie. Like, why why did that come into it? Just... And then on the other side, just make that movie. Just make a Jewish movie about... Dibbuk, and that's so interesting. Just they don't have to be the same movie. It was too much. Another detail that I just remember that I wanted to talk about is that like this little boy who's in the middle. Why is he the vessel for this for this Dibbuk? Like why we never see him be a normal child. From the second he's on screen, he is only creepy and wants to kill her, and then continues to like tell friends that 
they're gonna die. He murders her friend, this little boy. There's a moment where, like, he is, he stabs her, and then she's running away from him, and he's, like, following her up the stairs with a knife. This little, he's, like, four-year-old. Yeah. And then uh, her boyfriend comes in and just takes the little boy and, like, throws him against the wall. And I was like, thank you. He's a little boy. He doesn't have super strength. The image of of um, Romy, like, crawling away from him as if he's, like, a huge hulking man is ridiculous. Just, like, kick him down the stairs, Romy. He's a little tiny child. It was so bizarre. And he just keeps showing up possessed. Like, why did why did uh, Jumby or whatever the little boy's name is choose him? Like, why did this Civic choose him? Why didn't, just, why didn't just pick him and it doesn't even go after Casey at all? Like, it doesn't make any sense. I'm sorry, I just got really incensed. Yeah, yeah. This movie makes no sense. I was liking it for what we were talking about all the Nazi stuff. Uh, now no. I'm like back no. off. I'm it's, I'm off. It's yeah. Let's let's move on. Let's uh, let's. It's <sighs> you ready to? How about we actually kick this one down the stairs when we should kick it down the stairs? I feel like that made me sound really shitty. Kick it down the stairs. It's a little child. He's a little possessed child. Everyone, it's fine. Advice podcast. If there's a little possessed boy <gasps> chasing you around your house with a knife, just kick him. He's like sixty pounds. It's fine. Probably less. All right, spin that roulette. Our next movie will be... Stephen King's Children of the Corn. This is the original. Yes, it is. Have you seen... You've seen this before, haven't you? I have. I have, too. I saw it uh, years ago, and then I watched it again a couple years ago when I was on a big Stephen King kick. I watched this um, during one of my little, like, horror movie marathons with friends. Mm -hmm. So it was this, and then something... The Tall Man. Have you ever seen that with Angelina... No, Angelina Jolie. Jessica Biel, maybe? I don't know. It's a really interesting one. They're both about children, like creepy children, and I... This movie is not among my favorites, but I'm interested to watch it now that I have more experience. Here's the thing. The roulette could have given us Children of the Corn Genesis, and instead it gave us this, so be thankful. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. <laughs> All right, Children of the Corn. Yeah, it'll be our next movie. Come join us. There'll be a lot to talk about. A lot to unpack. For sure. It's a spooky one. In the meantime, check out our website at nowscreaming.com. And on Twitter and Facebook, at Now Screaming. Be sure to rate and review the podcast and uh, tell your friends. Yeah. Let them know. Yeah. We're here every two weeks. We try to be. We try to be. <laughs> We've fallen down on the job a little bit, but we'll, we'll be back to consistency uh, mm -hmm. this year. Come get spooked with us. Please. Come watch the Netflix movies, or don't. <laughs> we like to both encourage the, the ones you should watch and the ones you definitely should stay away from. Like this one. Don't watch The Unborn, everyone. Watch watch uh, The Possession. Yeah. I recommend that one much higher. Watch Children of the Corn. I can say that right now. Confidently. Watch <laughs> come, Children of the Corn. Come to next episode with Children of the Corn watched. That's your homework. That's your homework, everybody. All right. Thank you, as always, to Wes Craven for not making a shitty shoehorned Holocaust movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really glad. I think he could have done it right, though. I'm glad he didn't. I'm, I'm glad he didn't try. <laughs> We don't need more Nazi movies. That's fair. No more Nazis. Hashtag no more Nazis. Get it trending. Get that trending. All right. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Until next time. Adios. Adios.